0: You're listening to Of Slights and Men with Benji and Jacob.
1: A Daily Magician Production. Howdy, folks. We're back here uh, with the Of Slights and Men podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jacob. Hello. And today we're going to be doing a, uh, a little bit of an unusual one. So it's not going to be directly about magic, um, but I do think what we're going to talk about is uh, of immense value to any magician who wants to get better at magic. Which I'm going to assume is most of you. And, <laughs> All uh, of us. If you're yeah, if you're not in that group, then I don't know what to say. But <laughs> I guess you're. Uh, you are maybe Darwin or tease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll and even he, it's... I'm sure, I'm sure would agree. Uh the practice is the fun of it. So Yeah. Certainly. That's what we're gonna be talking about of a sort. Mm-hmm. So why don't we get straight into it rather than uh beating around the bush with these kind of cryptic teasings. Mm-hmm. What hmm yeah. you want to talk about? Okay. Cool. No, no, no. <laughs> I-, I was I was just gonna be like mm-hmm.
0: We should, yeah, we should probably get into it. Ben, Benji, the other day, I'll just give you a bit of backstory before Benji, like, kind of hides his own thunder. Uh, is that, uh, he, he's been kind of raving about this book for a, a long time, uh, to me, which is called Deep Work. And I'm going to be honestly, like, really impressed if, <laughs> if anyone's read it. Cause it's not something that I like, I don't think it's like part of, like, mainstream media maybe i'm wrong maybe i just like don't read enough kind of like self-help books to like be part of that kind of vibe but ben, every time me and benji because obviously you know we do a lot of work to get these podcasts out for you we're gonna do a lot of work to kind of like, keep our blog going and give you daily emails you know it's a lot of effort on on our side uh and every time we kind of talk about benji like you really have to like get into deep work you really have to get into deep work and so uh, anyway just to give you a bit of backstory on kind of this book, it's written by a guy called uh, Cal Newport, who's a professor. uh, And he's actually a professor, if I'm if I'm I'm right, he's uh, in the Department of Computer Science at Georgetown University. uh, And he's an author of uh, six other self improvement books. Um, And he also uh, writes for the the study hacks blog, uh, which has been focused uh, focused on and featured a lot in academic and career success. So I think he's definitely a guy that uh, has a good amount of uh, power when it comes to talking about Mm -hmm. this sort of stuff. Uh, And me and Benji are just, well, I'm a new fan, but Benji's been obsessed with his work for a while, so we thought it'd be something that would be really interesting to kind of bring to the table and uh, talk to you guys about when it comes to uh, magic practice.
1: Well, thanks for that. Um, I guess it saves me a job. One thing I'll point out is that I think it's the I don't know. Self help is a bit of a buzzword. Some people love it, some people hate it. Um, we're not going to get into that conversation right now. But I would say, Deep Work, the book, is, um, yes, it could probably be categorised within the kind of self improvement industry. But it's it's so immensely practical that I think it stands heads and shoulders above many of the other books in there. Just because it's it's so uh, real, you know, um, it's not ethereal kind of conceptual visualization affirmation type stuff which again we're not going to we're not going to get into conversation of if that stuff works or not we're just going to talk about this book which is a 100 practical grounded in reality i mean the guy is as jake pointed out professor of computer science um so he is very logical rational and reasonable uh, Reasonable is that a word reasonable <laughs> no it's not a word but no um <laughs> yeah and, and anyway this book is uh Definitely one of the most valuable books I have ever read in my. I was saying to Jacob earlier today. It's probably in my top, uh, at least in my top five. Maybe top three. Maybe mm-hmm. even top one <laughs> book that has been the most useful. Because, um, as Jacob pointed out, we do a lot of work, and we don't say this to. Um, we're
0: not bemoaning know, it. our own. Yeah, we're not. We're not bemoaning yeah, I mean, our work either. We love it. Yeah, yeah.
1: and yeah. and it's not even. I don't even bring this up to talk about our work. I just bring it up to talk about this book because um, it's just sort of a necessary <laughs> byproduct of this is that I think it's useful if I point out, we do a lot of writing, we do a lot of sort of content creation and, and none of that would be possible um, at the level that we do if it weren't for this book. So that that's just a, a I say a quick preface. we're five minutes in, so maybe we should get into the meat of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> this book, Deep Work by Cal Newport, to uh to summarize what we probably shouldn't even be attempting to summarize you should probably just go and read it yourself but the the main takeaway from it is that if you really want to get stuff done and make significant progress on any task that you're doing it pays to do it in a very focused manner with zero distractions which sounds like common sense on the surface and i think nobody listening to this would think i just said anything controversial but, if we sort of step back and think about the way most of us work, it's, it's a very different beast. And so, as he points out in the book, so many people in all kind of areas of, of life and, and, and jobs, whether it's you know corporate, self-employed, whatever, we work in what he calls shallow work. Where maybe we have you know, 10 things on the agenda that we want to accomplish in any given day. And maybe we're going to open up our laptop, open up Google Chrome, and open up 10 tabs, one tab for each job that we want to get done. And then we're going to spend 10 minutes on this job. Then we're going to flick over here. It's 10 minutes on this. Suddenly we get a notification on email. Uh, there's this fire we need to put out at work. We go do that. And then we jump back into task number five, do like 20 minutes on that. Then we realize we forgot something. Ta- task number one. And what this creates is, um, I believe the word he uses um, is attention residue um attention fatigue he, he talks about this in different ways but the the main idea is that the more tasks you sort of try and do at the same time or not even at the same time because it's not like you're multitasking in the sense that you're you literally have every single tab open and working on it at the same time but you're flitting from one to the other in very short intervals it it um it has like a physically uh it has like a physical cost on your brain power in terms of you put your attention into one bucket and then you move to the other. And it's almost like you leak attention on the way to the next bucket. So if you if you visualize each task as like a bucket, you're pouring your attention. If you imagine your 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 attention is like a, a jug of water, you're pouring it in the first bucket, and then suddenly you switch to the second one and then or oh, you jump over to the fourth, the fifth, you're kind of like leaking attention and leaking focus at each stage. And the overall result is that. You end up not really being able to get a great amount done because you've lost so much attention between each of these, and, and the work, the output that you're doing is just not ideal. Um, which I think is a is a decent enough uh, representation of some of the ideas in the book. Um, Jacob, can correct me if I'm wrong, but
0: yeah, I, I think it's interesting because uh, talking about what you said, he uses a interesting uh, example where he says they had a bunch of executives come together. Uh, I, I don't think it was his case study; it was someone else's case study. But they had some executives come together, and they had them perform the the simple task of doing a crossword. Uh, after which, he had them look through people's uh, resumes or CVs, if you're in the UK, um, to basically like pick out who would be best for like this job that they that they had coming. And the people that and it's basically there was, so there was two groups: two people, uh, the group of people that had done the crossword before, and the group of people that had done the crossword before. And it was interesting because the people that had done the crossword, just a crossword before, struggled in the next task. But the people that had been focused on it from the very start were able to complete it with a much higher success rate. And so I think that's a great example and and a really interesting phenomenon and something to kind of take into every aspect of life. Uh, And so actually, I just grabbed a little um, summary as well, just to like kind of... Mm. make sure we do make (laughs) sure we do do a bit of justice yeah Yeah. yeah. well it's just it's just on one of those sites but basically Mm -hmm. just to sum it up in four points (laughs) (laughs) multitasking and distraction are the enemies of productivity uh there are different strategies for achieving deep work all of which require intention uh focusing your brain and being selective you basically another part of this interesting is focusing your brain being selective about your use of technology um, so he uses a lot of kind of examples. One that I found interesting was like J.K. Rowling, which is like a more modern mm-hmm. example. Uh, what's his name? Oh, there's another guy that was really famous. Oh, yeah. yeah, but there's also the guy that won like 11 Academy Awards. Uh, no, that's not. <laughs> no, he's... um. Oh, man, I'm going to kick myself. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but... He uses a bunch of examples of all these people that, like, kind of go out and separate themselves from technology, like, in a shed or yeah. wherever it might be, or up a tower, you know, in the 18th century yeah. or 19th century. Was it
1: was it Carl Jung, who was the guy who, like, for six months out of the 12, every year, he would go and, like, live in, like, a little yeah. house with yeah. no, literally nothing so. except him and his work and, obviously, the, the vitals needed for day-to-day yeah. life?
0: And then, you know, even less extreme examples where if someone was studying, they would just set their email to auto-respond to say i'm not in the office right now which would kind of like just kind of sometimes uh confuse their colleagues because they would be in like Mm -hmm. but they were working so they're out of the office you know so Mm -hmm. it's just interesting so just to go back through so multitasking and distraction are enemies of productivity um there's different strategies for achieving deep work all of which inquire require intent intention and when we talk about intention it's kind of something that's used a lot in meditation and that kind of thing but really it's like i guess you could sum it down to and and don't quote me on this This is just my personal like summary of it i guess like require attention is like desire (laughs) like require you to actually do something you know Mm -hmm. like which require you to focus your brain on something you know Mm -hmm. and so and then again like we talked about this already but like separating yourself from technology and the kind of dangers of technology there's a lot of interesting things that he has to say about that as well where he says like i guess having you know instant messaging within the workplace can kind of be a placebo in the Mm -hmm. way of like, you feel like you're working, but actually you're just spending your whole day replying to emails. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then in the end, basically scheduling both work and free time is essential to restoring energy. So that's another thing that he, he goes into where it's like, um, scheduling your day and having these focus times is essential. And so anyway, to link this all to magic, uh, kind of to break this down as something that you can apply without having to read this entire book, but I, we really recommend that you do uh, is imagine what you could get done in five hours of focused like practice time. And that's something that actually me and Benji just had our weekly meeting and I just dedicated to do that. So Tuesday today uh, is now my focused memorized deck five hours time um and it might sound crazy uh <laughs> you know like oh my gosh like five hours straight like really like nothing else like no distractions but me and benjamin talking about this and i think maybe you can share a few experiences mm. of how it actually becomes kind of a, a superpower that kind of five hours or three hours mm-hmm. of, of just intensely focused undistracted uh, yeah. deep work
1: yeah uh, thanks uh, i hope you're sort of all following us so far i know this is kind of like a meandering uh discussion of it but uh, the basic sort of takeaways from what we said so far like jacob was kind enough to grab is you know multitasking equals bad um the more you can dedicate singular focus to any one uh item on your agenda that you wish to accomplish the more likely you are to to accomplish that and um, it's a similar concept to there's another book called flow by a guy whose name I cannot pronounce um, and it talks about similar ideas, which is the, the deeper you get into a topic with zero distractions um, that you sort of it takes you to levels of understanding and, and output that you couldn't have imagined previously. So literally just almost like it, it's almost like you're locking yourself in a locking yourself in a room with the one job you wanna get done and you're not letting yourself out until you get that job done. Obviously that's like a physical representation of it and it isn't like that in real life, but that's almost what you're doing in your mind is you're you're isolating yourself with the task you wanna get done and you're sort of swearing to only focus on that task um, for a certain allotted period of time. And he talks about in the book how you know, different times might work best for different people. Like some people take it to real extremes where you know for uh, like six months out of the year, they're literally just focused on the one thing they wanna get done. Some people might do, like, one day per week. They're not answering any emails. and not taking any calls. They're just locked in their office working on the one most important thing. And then some people, this is the way I like to do it, might have a certain amount of time set aside per day. Um, so, like, for me, I found my kind of golden ratio for for this focused deep work is five hours a day. Um, and like Jacob was saying, when I first... I read this book last year um, in in August... And uh, actually, what was it? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was that. And immediately after reading it, I realized like, wow, this could be a game changer in, in a lot of ways. Um, and one of those ways was I had a little goal, which was um, just for, for context, Jacob at the time had been in France for, for a period of time and he was sort of returning or I was visiting him um, outside of France. Which, I don't know if I made that sound really way more complicated than it was. Basically, Jacob had been in France. He was now back. And I was going to go visit him. Um, And I wanted to find a way to surprise him. And I figured, why not use my new best friend, Cal Newport, and deep work to learn just a little bit of French before I go out. And so what happened was, in one week, I decided, alright, I'm going to get up at about 5am. That was just personal preference as long as you're doing five hours or whatever it is you want to be doing it doesn't really matter what time you're starting even though mornings generally are ideal Um, but that's just what i decided so i got up and the first day i read a book actually have it myself right here uh unlocking french with paul noble and so i read that book on the first day and i was like oh okay (laughs) because i had been for a period of weeks trying to get through that book you know just kind of dipping in here and there um and it had been taking weeks and then just this one morning, I was like, right, I'm not gonna focus on anything else. I'm just gonna focus on reading this one book um for five hours. And by the end of those five hours, I'd finished the book. I was like, wow, okay, that's day one. Day two, I start taking the audio course that he'd provided. By it's like by the time it's like the end of day three, I finished this entire like thirteen hour audio course, which again may have taken me weeks, if not months, to do otherwise. And so I'm already getting a pretty good grasp of the certain fundamentals. Um Obviously, disclaimer aside, I, I did already know Spanish at that point, so it was slightly easier. But I was like, wow, okay, I'm seeing some real progress here. And then I started to go on sites like Quizda, um, which is just kind of like a cue card software online where it will, it will give you certain words and you have to write the English uh, equivalent of that word. Just online sites like that and accumulated huge lists of like hundreds and hundreds of French words, like the most common French words. I just put like focused music in, and for five hours, I'd just be there going through those words. And again, if I'd been trying to tackle those words like one by one, just looking at a cue card a day, it could have, if I'd been doing one cue card a day, that could have taken hundreds of days, which would have translated into potentially years, which sounds dramatic, but if I, that's just the maths on it. If I was doing one cue card a day, it would have taken me years. But in those five hours, I was able to go through the entire list to the point where I knew maybe like 80% of those words which sounds crazy but it's that's just how it works like the more um it's just so optimized this time that it, your mind gets so deep into a task that not only do you i don't know not only do you get more done cuz you're spending more time in it but the longer you're immersed in it the faster you're getting it done anyway so it's like the deeper you get into it the better you get at it and so they kind of compound on each other um, and anyway, long story short, by the by the time I'd done about two weeks of this, I was at a level where <laughs> I was like speaking French conversationally, not not by any means uh, fluent, but to to the extent that when I then met up with Jacob, I was like, I just started talking French to him. He was amazed, I think. Yeah, if I re- remember, I was right. pretty mind
0: blown. <laughs> we were sitting in the car because, and he was like, "Oh, like speaks in French," and I was like, Oh d'accord, je vais parler Fran- en français comme ça," <laughs> and then like he was like. And then he actually responded to me, to, like, what I said. And I was like, what (laughs) the frick? (laughs) It was literally probably the most mind-blowing, like, moment of my life. And my mum was like, what the heck? (laughs) And then, like, we proceeded to, like, speak French to each other for, like, a few, like, minutes. And she completely didn't understand. But, yeah, it was... That was... That was pretty crazy. I mean, like, that was a lot of effort to go to, but to... Blow my mind! A <laughs> saw guy, Benji is, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, well, like like you're saying, like now you break it down, I'm like, oh, okay, like that's how you did it, because that it was genuinely the. It was like you had a superpower, you know, like i have been talking about. I was like, no way, he's learned French, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I. It's just. It's fascinating. It's, it's it's honestly fascinating, and that's something that I learned also uh, while I was away in, in France. Is that because while we were volunteering, we had um, a one hour focus study every single day and we had to keep to that. And I did it for two years. Every single day, I would have one hour of focus studying. Mm-hmm. Well, actually more than that because we'd have like an hour to discuss and then like an hour to just like study by ourselves. And then we'd have an hour of language study as well. Uh, and it was super interesting because like you just don't understand how deep your mind can go into a subject and how deeply you can grasp something until you put that, completely undistracted focus time into it mm-hmm. uh, and i remember just how horrible it was to get ripped out of that focus time as well which is why it's so important mm-hmm. to kind of be away from technology because mm-hmm. when you get a call in the middle of like the deepest thought you've ever had about i don't know <laughs> a double lift mm-hmm. you lose that thought Like you mm-hmm. really do and and that's why it's so important not mm-hmm. to have that kind of Mm-hmm. not to have your mind split between two places. Mm.
1: Yeah. And and again, just to bring it back to magic, because I know we've been talking about a myriad of, of various subjects, but if I were to take this same principle, um, and I mean, I did, because uh, there was a, I, I wasn't, I did like French one week and then the next week I was like, okay, I'll take a break from French. I'll come back to it. And that's when I did the second week later. But in between that time, I was like, hmm, uh, you know, Jeff Sheridan, who some of you may know is like the kind of founding father of street magic has a course on card manipulation. And so I was like, well, why don't I give that a go? And so if you imagine however many hours that was, what again could have taken weeks if I'm just sort of doing ten minutes here, ten minutes there, I took that like entire thing, I think, <laughs> to the best of my recollection, I took most of it, if not the entire thing, in again, like a matter of days. Um another example that comes to mind is uh Aaron Fisher's Pathways to to Mastery, I think is what it's called. It's like a card magic series. um, And I think that is about 12 hours, that course, which sounds like a lot and could easily take like 12 weeks if you're somehow dipping in, dipping out, maybe getting like an hour done, a module done per week. But if you were to sit down over two days and just apply this like deep work principle, let's say you do six hours one day, six hours the next day, you finish that entire course in two days which is pretty mind-blowing, I think, especially when it could have taken so many weeks, if not months.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I think one thing to add, because I can imagine people who be like, wow, thanks for this great secret. Like, how am I going to find <laughs> that time in my life? You know, like things like that. It doesn't have to be, it can be, say, like we were saying, it, it applies differently to everyone and maybe it will apply differently to you in the way of maybe what works best for you is to just take one day out and do it, mm-hmm. you know? A day of magic, maybe that's what works better for you. Uh, or maybe what works better is doing like three hours in the morning or two hours in the morning, two hours at night. One of the
1: examples, sorry, one of the examples he uses in the book is the biographer Walter Isaacson, who, because again, like it's a good point when you're saying some people might say, well, hang on, I don't, I don't have five hours a day, but Walter Isaacson was a very busy man, but he managed to sort of pound out biography after biography using this principle of deep work when he was asked how he just said whenever he had twenty minutes spare, he just instantly switched into that focus mode and did twenty minutes of deep work on a certain book, and and those added up, and over time he was able to create these huge biographies. Which again is not—I don't know—it's not really. I don't think that'd be my style. I don't know if I'd be able to do that, but it, it is different for everybody, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think also what 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 I was going to add on the end of that as well is mm. there's clear links between deep focused work or I mean, you know for, the, for want of repeating the same thing over again but like for uh, there is huge links between deep focused deep work <laughs> and your overall happiness And i think that's what i found really fascinating about it as well is that if you're fully engaged in what you're doing and if you have no distractions and you're just focusing on this one thing there's a huge link between that and your and your actual well-being as a human Because, I mean, it's pretty logical if you think about it, if your attention is split everywhere, you have a lot more time to think about what you don't have rather than what you do have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting as well, because he he actually talks about this woman that had cancer and what she decided to do. And and it's a book that I've actually read before, but she talks about how um, she focused on what was good in her life rather than what was bad. And was able to find happiness in that, and what she deduced from that, because she was a scientist, is that where your focus is, like, there's your happiness. And actually, that kind of reminds me of the verse of the Bible, which is like, wherever, like, wherever your heart, like, I don't know, like, wherever your focus is, basically, there's a verse that says, like, there will, like, your happiness be in, like. And so, I think it's like a, it's such an interesting principle because, I mean, if it's been taught in the Bible, then you know it's something that carries all the way through until today, and well you don't know that by what I mean is if it's something that's in the Bible and then it comes through to today, it's interesting that it's just, I mean, yeah, if, it, if it's stuck or, around for so many thousand yeah, years, exactly. you'd be
1: pretty sure it's important.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think basically what we're trying to say is maybe we're going about this the wrong way. Uh, well, being Benji, you've kind of come to this realization where we're like, honestly, you know, like rather than, you know, st- perhaps you stress so much about like getting your magic better. And that's something that I do stress about. And like, maybe, you know, maybe you need to think about how you're practicing differently. And maybe instead of, I don't know, instead of um, practicing with the deck of cards, like, I don't know, like every so often or like, you know, when you're not truly focused, maybe what you need to do is take, you know, three hours out of your day and truly put away all distractions and just work on your magic and yeah we'll i think it's a combination
1: because yeah, because obviously obviously for that i always yeah mm-hmm. it's it's better to be doing kind of the little and often. It, it's better to be doing little and often than not at all so yeah you know, if the option is what we're proposing is not that you don't practice at all yeah you know um it's, it's still better to be doing like 10 minutes of yeah because there's some things like muscle month. memory that
0: can only come with repeated, yeah. but if yeah.
1: you can combine them, so exactly <laughs> you're yeah. doing both the deep focused work and the what he calls like the shallow work in terms of you're doing practice here, practice there whenever you can, squeezing it in. The more the better, because it's not like obviously he talks about shallow work being generally like not an ideal thing, but it's still better than no work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just don't want people to get confused because I talk a lot about habits as well and how to yeah yeah engineer your home so that you're building in practice into your day even if it's just a tiny bit just that remembering to do it each day that's like the starting point now we're starting to build on that this is like going even further so you want to make sure you're doing it each day even if that is only a little bit once you've mastered that you then want to start building this deep work sessions into your time uh, and into your schedules um and i think another guy if you if you want to hear somebody talk really eloquently about practice, as opposed to what we're doing. Um, Beno has some great thoughts on that. And I'm sure he's a guy who, even if he doesn't verbalize it as such, uses this principle of deep work in his sessions, because he, he he thinks so deeply about the magic that you, especially in the in, in the way he practices, you, you really can only get to that stage by doing this kind of deep work. Um, and maybe it's, it's misleading to even be calling it work. It's just deep whatever it is that you're doing you know um deep work is just the easiest way to to, to label like it but deep so... focus
0: or like right, deep right. concentration or uh-huh.
1: i think the deep work is more
0: getting deeply into what you're doing it's not so much mm-hmm. focused on like oh i'm working like this is like a task it's more i am deeply within the project that i'm participating in right now rather mm-hmm. than i'm at, only at, it at a base level because mm-hmm. i'm checking facebook every 10 minutes so i'm mm-hmm. not fully engaged
1: exactly exactly
0: yeah. Anyway, we probably um, haven't yeah, we very <laughs> eloquently explained this. It's a principle that we really enjoy. These are kind of just our ramblings. If you really want to get the most out of it, go read the book, Deep Work. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Cal Newport has a lot more good things to say on this topic than we do. Uh, but it was something that we were really passionate about, and we just, you know, we thought, you know what, why not talk about it and share these these ideas with you guys as well?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Sweet. yeah, so. So I think yeah, I think <laughs> I think we'll end it there. Um, mm-hmm. There is more to say on the topic, but I think we're at running the risk of uh, making this unlistenable. <laughs> that, again, is a word. Um, one thing actually that did just occur to me was, uh, real quick, maybe the last point of this is: um, deep focus in terms of your practice sessions can. Also, relieve pressure because let's say you think, Okay, I want to sit down, I want to practice, and I want to come up with a new routine. You know, if you're only sitting down, you're thinking, Well, I got to be out of here, I've got this meeting in like 20 minutes. It's suddenly you have that pressure on your mind, like, How am I going to come up with this in 20 and, and that pressure blocks you from being able to think as creatively as possible. Um, whereas when you know, I think one thing that's been beneficial for me is when you sit down, you know, you have five hours or however long you have. It removes that pressure and it kind of allows your mind to wander and explore avenues and creativity and it gives you it almost gives you the freedom to think creatively mm. without worrying about like sometimes part. you might start you might start going down that road in your mind and you think "Well, uh, this seems kind of stupid i don't think this is going to get me anywhere i only have a few minutes so maybe that's not a good idea let's go try a different idea that seems better but often the one that seems better if you really go down that road, it's not. And the one that doesn't seem so good, if you keep on going down that road, it actually leads to something quite beautiful. But you can only really discover that if you don't have that time pressure on you um, or, you know, the outside pressure, even just the general outside pressure, not even time pressure, but other people's expectations and notifications, social media, all that stuff. The more kind of isolated you can be within your own mind, you, you give yourself the freedom to think, which is hugely vital, I think.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that that's a great final point. I'm glad that you added that on because I think it's mm-hmm. it's definitely something that's, that's worth talking about. So, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna we're gonna sign out there. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on this little ramble journey. We hope you got something useful out of it. As ever, if you are new to this podcast, make sure you go check out uh, the dailymagician.com uh, so you can get more daily content. Uh, and thank you to our email listeners as well for tuning in and uh, giving us uh, your support and we will mm-hmm. see you next time
1: yeah so we will yeah we'll see you next time if you're in the inner circle and you're listening to this uh, we or I will have another podcast uh, exclusive podcast dropping for you uh, later this week plus uh, an effect I think that'll be coming out tomorrow so you have that to look forward to if you're not in the inner circle you can uh, the emails will tell you all about that and you can join um, like I So as we're going to end this podcast here, Uh, thank you for listening.